you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL podcast is now available on video. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Well, some heroes. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Sessler Ferris Bueller out of this one. Oh, don't He's on it. a float somewhere downtown <laughs> singing the Beatles. I don't think that was the Beatles, was it? Don't make Twist references that our young uh, listenership doesn't understand. Oh, uh, yeah. It's before their time. That's what why we... What the hell's going on <laughs> out here? Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Come on. So I guess we shouldn't talk about the greatest editor of the 21st of the 20th century dying yesterday either. Ben Bradley. Yeah. No. That, that's why we're so popular with advertisers and within the building is that we are really nailing that 12 to 18 demographic. The kiddies, <laughs> the kiddies love us. Go buy some candy. They have no idea what we're talking about. These kids today. I'll tell you what. We have a great show. This is our Wednesday show back for another week of preview, this time previewing week eight. And uh, we got a lot to get to today. We're going to um, go over the th- – we're going to hit the Thursday night preview, which is probably the best Thursday night game of the year. The Chargers heading up to Mile High to face the Broncos in an AFC West showdown. So we'll get into that game, give it some love. Uh, we are going to go over uh, Chris Wessling's latest top ten list. This time it is top ten deserving Pro Bowl players or deserving players that deserve to go to the Pro Bowl. And uh, then we will play a little game, kind of a new game, uh, based on a post we have up on the Around the NFL site, which you can access at NFL.com slash Around the NFL. It is the <laughs> trades that we'd like to see ahead of Thursday's trade deadline. The pause before the slash keeps getting longer and longer. <laughs> it's kind of like your edition of the old Pat Summerall thing, you know, that he would say at the end of every game. You know that one by uh, heart. Mur- murder, she wrote. There we go. Were you aware Wes of that? Wes is always Wes? talking about that. I am. He loves Summerall. I do love Summerall. I don't. I don't remember him saying, "Stay tuned for Murder Show." Oh, that was his famous thing. He would do the promo. This is more stuff that our 12 to 18 demographic won't get. What the hell's going but, uh, on? But you know, it's shut up, Lombardi, and listen up. Um, no, he would do this. He would do the promo for Murder She Wrote mm. before, which came on after 60 Minutes every Sunday night, and he started to have fun with it, where he would like take a long pause after Murder. So he'd be like, murder, she wrote, and he would change the inflection. Well, that's because there's there's the ellipsis in, in the actual in, title of the show. After the fact. Ooh, save this. Wow. Save this. Work for TD. I like that. No idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> really? <laughs> so we're going to get to all that. Uh, big show, big show. Before we do anything, though, we're going to check in formally with TD. TD, I, I want to f- issue an apology. It seemed like I maybe rode you hard a little bit on Sunday. Seem to be some hurt feelings, uh, you know. It just we demand greatness, and at, at certain points of the podcast, I didn't think you delivered it. But on balance, you're an excellent producer, so I want to apologize, kind of. 
Guys, it's fine. You know, you expect greatness from the show. I expect greatness from the show as well. So every now and then we slip up, but uh, we're here to get the show back on the road. <laughs> All right, that's wow. great. Yeah. I, I so feel like earnest. we're in a good place now. That was very yeah. earnest, surprisingly earnest. Uh, let's do some news. Yes, we can. <laughs> and I screwed up right there and then already. I don't know, guys. All right, let's do that again. Doing it live. Right. Let's do it again. Do it live. It happened in London. In London. <laughs> All right, let's play the game. What What is that from? Because I'm stumped. I have no idea. I don't know either. Greg, you don't know? Dan, you don't know? Wow, I'm surprised It happened Dan. in London? It happened in London, and you don't remember that. Mm-mm. Joey Tribbiani, when he first finds out, this is friends for those who don't know, first <laughs> finds uh, out I about Moniker. What are you doing watching oh, Friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. PD? Okay, okay. And a lot well, of you friends don't know about was, me, Chris. It was a great like, show uh, in its yeah. day. I'm not a there big was friend. A hor- that was one of the worst shows of all time. Oh, oh stop it. Stop it. Stop. I'm it, sorry it's not it. Mash West. <laughs> <laughs> the first season or two were all right, but then every oh. episode of Friends got to be the formulaic Mad Libs. Here's where Joey would do something goofy. Here's where well, Ross would be an idiot. That's TV. No, it's not. Like, that's bad TV. The good TV mm. is when the writers actually write. Bad TV is when the characters dictate there is what would happen in the show. a lot of bad TV out there. Friends was Friends, a, Friends was a very – that was among the worst shows ever put together. Oh, last, no, the last no, few no, years no. it was on, Bless, just it, it. it needed to be put out of its misery. It was just well, awful. all shows that stand there are too long eventually. When the go. primary reason to do something is money, it's not going to be good. Bless. Why do you think we're here? For the chatter. <laughs> That's not why we're here. Oh, well, speak for yourself. Friends is a, <laughs> Friends is a very good show. All right. Awful. By the way, TD. Hideous. I know, know exactly what you're talking about now. But it yeah, wasn't you know. like that was an iconic line from the show. Oh, what? Well, I think it was. Well, what, it was the first time because it was the first time anyone ever f- found out about the relationship. What TD's really <laughs> trying to get to is that this week. I am embarrassed for our listeners. T- t- two teams in London with yeah. the big catchphrase. Wake up for London or something like that. What is Wake it? Up Wake up at Wembley. Wake up at Wembley. Wake up at Wembley. And TD, down, <laughs> way down the line, we're talking months down the line, I want you to surprise me with the true iconic friends line, he's her lobster. Drop me a he's her lobster way down the line. Will are do. You, are you going to get up at 6.30 a.m., TD, to watch Lions, <laughs> Falcons? Our listeners are better than this. <laughs> I wake up at 6.30 usually every weekend to watch a Manchester United game. But for the Lions, I don't know about that. Hmm. I'm oh. going to get up. Huh. I'm challenging both of you guys plays. to do the same just just for the fun I've of it. I've got big plans Saturday this, night. When else was this going to happen? Let's get to some news, <laughs> gentlemen. Let's start with Percy Harvin. Uh, we haven't formerly had a chance to really talk about Harvin, who was traded to the Jets, of course, on Friday, last Friday, for a conditional pick, a mid-round pick. It can move up to, I guess, a fourth at the highest, fourth to a sixth. Uh, so a lot of interesting news with Harvin right now. Uh, the latest, Rex Ryan on Wednesday uh, said that Percy Harvin will have a minor role in the offense on Sunday. He will handle kickoff returns and maybe punt returns. Uh, also, we learned that the Jets did not um, permit Percy Harvin to speak with the media on Wednesday. They're trying to control the message with him. Uh, I just want to throw it to you guys. I love the trade as a Jets fan. I think it's exactly kind of what they need. It's, it's a roll-the-dice move on a lot of levels, but at the same time, uh, for a team with a really boring offense that adds an exciting dynamic, and their special teams needed a shot in the arm as well, and he is the best in the business returning kicks, in my opinion. Your thoughts? This has really, over the last few days, left a bad taste in my mouth, the way the Seahawks handled it. You never heard anything bad about Harvin out of Seattle until they trade him, and they orchestrate this message to the media. They disseminate all the information to all the 
NFL insiders around the country talking about the fights he caused, talking about asking out of games. It's just like a propaganda campaign, and teams always have to try this after they trade a player. Why don't you just trade a player and move on without the propaganda? Well, people knew some of these stories. Nobody. and for I don't think they did. Maybe not the, the fight during Super Bowl week um, that's been reported, but some of the other things going on behind the scenes, I think they do know. There's a lot that reporters know that don't that the I don't think they did out. in this case. I don't think they would have kept that. I wouldn't. I think I don't really have a problem. With it makes it. sense though because the Seahawks knew they had to sell it to their fan base. You see, that, you don't have to. Well, they they you don't felt have to that lie. they had to. You don't have to. But hold they're back. not. That's but why they did it. You're you're playing dirty. It's a dirty pool to do that. But look, a guy Michael Robinson who works for us, who was there in the locker room. I mean, he was one of the people that came out and said it. Yeah, he's like, I I broke up that fight. Reporters are going to report. They're going to find out things. It's not always necessarily from the team. It's that from case, players. When when five or six different reporters here within hours of the trade, that's coming from the team. That's being disseminated from the team. All right, but let's talk about what is – do you like the move for the Jets? Sure, why not? I mean, do you give up a, a future special teamer for 10 games of a guy who, if everything's going swimmingly, can be one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL? Greg. Yeah, I agree. It's not. I don't think he can be a top ten receiver at this point because I don't think he's that guy. That at this point you're just gonna roll out there and he's gonna be a normal outside receiver that plays every snap and does the entire route tree and is gonna be a complete wide receiver. But he's such an X factor, and I think you're gonna get a little bit of that Randy Moss in his first couple years in New England and Terrell Owens in his first couple years. Not that Harvin's. I'm not saying he's been a problem or, or not. It sounds like he has been. But just that he knows to make his money next year and the year after that, he better be on his best behavior and try to show the Jets he's worth $11 million and, next year. And if I'm the Jets, and anyone else, too. If I'm the Jets, I don't even look at the tape of how the Seahawks try to deploy Harvin in the year and a half. I go back to the Vikings when they got that monster year out of him uh, that led to him landing with the Seahawks and see how they used well, him they and knew how to use him. Well, that – they what, they're going to take Brett Favre out of retirement? That's the second part of my Have point. Have Brett Favre run around? That, I think Percy Harvin does well in the same way that Randall Cobb sometimes does well in Green Bay. He's the guy that Rodgers looks to when the play breaks down. Also, but that's not what the Geno same Smith way that is. Jeremy Curley does well, which is a little bit odd that they extended Curley in, within a few days of trading for Harvin since they both are best in the slot. I also don't blame the Seahawks if all of this is true on Harvin at all for doing it, you got to do it. You got to do, I mean, if it's, if it's becoming a problem with your team, you make the trade. And that's why maybe it seems like dirty pool that it all comes out, but people are going to wonder if you didn't know, you might be killing them for this trade, not understanding it. Uh, Moving forward, the, some Patriots news. Uh, We'll start with a trade. They pulled off on Tuesday. They acquired Tennessee Titans linebacker, Akeem Ayers uh, for a seventh round pick. They, Flipped picks. Oh, excuse me. In a yes, six to the seventh round. And uh, Ayers is a former second-round pick of the Titans, who's been active in just two games this year. Uh, but Greg, tell us what you think about this move and how he might have an impact in New England. Well, to me, it's a guy that you hope can be a thirty-snap a game guy. And you know, part of the reason they made it, as I know you're going to bring up here, is that Chandler Jones is out, and that's that's the big news here that they feel like they need to fill some snaps and airs who knows i mean bill belichick said he could help 
in pass defense. He's a guy that's barely played this year because he's coming off a serious injury, and he's never been that big a difference maker. The Boston Globe reported on Tuesday that Chandler Jones, the defensive end, and their sack leader will miss about a month with a hip injury. Uh, Jones played 84 of 87 snaps in their most recent game against the Jets, and the only issue that we thought he was dealing with was a shoulder issue, so this kind of came out of nowhere on Tuesday. He's their best pass rusher. Ayers has been, I think he had the double knee surgery in the offseason. He was a decent enough pass rusher in Tennessee, but wasn't playing because he didn't fit Ray Horton's 3-4 defense. Uh, he has experience in the 4-3, and the Patriots kind of vacillate between the two. It's a worth it's worth a shot for a swap of late-round draft Yeah, picks. it's worth a shot, but Chandler Jones is the best pure pass rusher the Patriots have had since Bill Belichick's been there. Who's getting Period. to the quarterback without Chandler Jones there? Ninkovich? I mean, no one. It's not like they had a great pass rush as it was. They're not a team that schemes up a particularly for good, tenth good pass rush. With sacks. You sex. know, it's a huge problem because Jones is not only wildly talented, but he's an Iron Man. There aren't many defensive ends that play over 90% of his team snaps. That's what Jones and Ninkovich both did last year. It's a big drop-off with him out of the lineup. And I mean, and now it's starting to add up. You know, you're missing Gerard Mayo. You're missing Chandler Jones. You have pretty lame defensive tackles. And the next month, after this game against Cutler, that's a decent passing offense, you have Manning, Rivers, Luck, Rodgers is in the mix there somewhere. Ooh. That's that's coming up for them. Murderers row. Mm. And finally, this is the the Patriots nugget that I like a lot. Darrell Rivas was, uh, as Kevin Patcher, our great Chicago correspondent, put it, reportedly sent back to his island on Tuesday. He came to <laughs> came to the Patriots <laughs> complex. Nice job, Kevin. Uh, late. He showed up late on Tuesday for a 7:30 a.m. meeting. And what did Bill do? The old grumpy Gus sent him home. He said, go home to your island, Mr. Rivas. Uh, I, I must add that I saw as we were uh, right before we were beginning to spin here that Rivas's business manager says this report is untrue. Really? Yeah. Rivas said it's between me and Belichick. Talk to him. So that mm -hmm. was an odd answer if it wasn't true. A source close to Rivas told the Boston Globe the message was definitely sent. The rules apply to everybody. Hmm. This kind of reminds me of a situation that happened in this studio on Sunday. In this mm. example, Dan Hansis was Bill Belichick, and TD <laughs> was Darrell Rivas. And Dan had to, you know, I had to discipline. Everyone is the same here. We, there are, we cannot play favorites in the podcast. There's video. a certain level of expectations when you're a member of the Patriots, and I kind of consider Ooh, this podcast oh, do the, not pa do that. the Patriots of the NFL Media News Group. Well, I'm glad do that TD handled that. it like Darrell Rivas and not Adelius Thomas. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. The Patriots did this five years ago when they sent Adelius Thomas and three others home when they were late during a snowstorm. Adelius Thomas, didn't he say something like, what do you expect me to do, get a helicopter and come in? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He actually said uh, teleporter. Teleporter. Like, unless, we, <laughs> unless we forget poor Brandon Hovercraft. Spikes. Hovercraft. <laughs> poor Brandon Spikes even tweeted a photo of his car buried in snow in that hellacious New England winter. Belichick said, screw it, and just went way under the rule book and just threw him on IR. Don't show up late to the Patriots complex. By the way, it's, got, it's already getting cold in New England, and Dan and other uh, clowns like him miss <laughs> bad weather. Enjoy your six By months way, of terrible it's weather. It's that everyone. I miss, quote, bad weather. 
as a someone that hails from New York in the Northeast, I like seasons. Yeah. And there just aren't seasons. Look, not in his head. I love that. I was asked. Uh, I was asked how I'm enjoying October, and I didn't even realize it was October because it's 80 degrees what every a day joke. here in LA. Come on, Southern California, get a weather personality. I love. I seasons are overrated. No. You know, give me. You're like complaining because you get great food every day. Oh, let's let's have some mediocre. Uh, this coming know. from the guy who had bread for breakfast this morning, <laughs> just plain wheat and yeah, bread. That was a, kind of a weird move. Caused some controversy <laughs> in the newsroom. Greg ate a plain piece of wheat bread. It was like he was not coming toast. from prison. Yeah, not a sandwich, not like a breakfast sandwich, just a piece of bread. Bread's uh, great. Bread is TD, where all food comes from. If he- <laughs> Stupid. All right, moving on. <laughs> hey, Brett Favre, who gets asked about a lot of things, doesn't seem to care about any of the things he's asked about, but he did have something interesting to say uh, about Austin Davis, the Rams quarterback. Uh, here is the quote, not to sound off my rocker, but he, in my mind, can be the next Tom Brady or Kurt Warner, uh, Favre told ESPN. Brian Hoyer as well. Uh, that buried the lead there. Austin, like those mentioned, just needed a legit opportunity. Wait, were you using Brian Hoyer in the same sentence I as Kurt Warner and listen, Tom Brady? Listen, that was the first time I've even seen this quote as I was reading it, and Brian Hoyer good, got thrown in the prep. mix too as the next Kurt Warner? <laughs> Come on. Let's be honest here. Serious Austin here. Davis went on to break all of Favre's records at Southern Miss. Mm. There's a lot of this going on right here. Mm. What, just helping out, you know, pumping up a little Southern well, Miss? Well, yeah. Yeah, he's – It's kind of like me and two-lane kicker Cairo Santos. <laughs> Always rooting for him. Yeah. I, I, it's a lot like it's that. It's a lot like that. I, you know, I watched the the game closely on Sunday, the Rams. and they, Austin Davis is a – it seems like a pretty nice player. He, but let's be honest. I mean, he threw for 45 yards through three and a half quarters uh, last week. Uh, had a nice drive that put them uh, – gave them a chance to win at the end of the game. But Austin Davis is not – the next Kurt Warner. Come on. I think he's a lot closer to the Hoyer end of the spectrum here than the Warner Brady. But according to Brett Favre, Hoyer is also the next Kurt Warner. <laughs> he's got Hoyer's the next benched. Woo! Austin Davis has a chance. Sessler bristles if he was listening. I don't know what kind of career he's going to have, but for the first six starts of his career, he has a chance to be a long-time NFL he's starter. He also has a, a chance shock. to be Case Keenumed. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I do want to credit Dan for a pretty good Brett Favre. I have an impromptu. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. I have an impromptu go get my lunch proposition for Greg. Okay. Austin Davis will not start the 2015 season as the Rams quarterback. Well, I'm not taking that. Oh, he just said he's going to be great. I I Come think on, he's Greg. got a chance, but they could, you know, mm. who knows what the Rams are going to do. Not the best decision makers at quarterback. Touché. By the way, didn't you make something off of Case Keenum starting this year? Some sort of sandwich thing. Keenum versus Mallet, I believe. That was me. I said who would start more games. We're off the reservation. Yeah. <laughs> AJ Green uh, was on NFL Network's NFL AM. That is uh, one of Chris Wessling's favorite programs. He said that the Bengals, after you know they started 3-0, and now they're 3-2-1, and haven't won in almost a month, uh, are, quote, like the scum of the crop right now. <laughs> so let's start. let's start where we have to and the only logical place to start. What does that mean? What is the scum of the crop? Well, you think it – doesn't make sense, right? Because mm-hmm. crops don't have scum. Mm-hmm. Well, scum, scum is it, scum is a liquid product. It's usually the cream of the crop. Yeah, but the cr- there's no cream in crop either. Or the runt of the litter, maybe he was thinking of. And he, or the well, scum of the earth. Up. In in AJ Green's defense, mm. scum of the crop makes as much sense as cream of the crop. It comes from the French phrase "creme de la creme." Look at the mailman. Go mailman. 
which is alliterative, and that's why it used to be pick of the crop, and then people started saying cream of the crop because of the creme de la creme fit phrase so that's how it works alliteration that is an outrageous amount of information on this topic Gwen. <laughs> i to, to also to aj green's defense that show tapes at like five in the morning so nothing <laughs> that's said on it can really be taken too seriously <laughs> but you should watch it it's on every morning at 6 a.m eastern uh, yeah greg and the, re- on the replay Network. on again at seven gets there if you miss it or you Turn. want to watch it a second time it's coming right back at you Real fast. Finally. The Bengals do stink. He's right, by the way. Yeah, we'll get to that uh, during the previews on Thursday show. Finally, Michael Sam, the first openly gay NFL player. Uh, he's going to have to get to the NFL first in terms of playing on a field in a game, and it's uh, not looking good right now. He was waived by the Cowboys from their practice squad on Tuesday. Uh, a little quick refresher because I know the story is something that you haven't heard much about. Michael Sam, seventh-round pick in May cut by the Rams at the end of camp, picked up by the Cowboys, now dumped by the Cowboys. So we may have seen the last of Michael Sam. I don't know. No way. It's a good sign that we didn't hear a peep about him while the Cowboys were doing so well that it didn't become – it wasn't an issue in Dallas ever. He just was like a regular practice squad guy. Right. I can't believe they overcame such adversity of having, you know, the (laughs) distraction of Michael Sam. I think he'll be back because he's been on a practice squad. He had some – production in the preseason. I think this shines a light on what so many hundreds of guys go through that are trying to make the NFL every year that bounce around, that get cut from practice squads. And those guys, kind of like Michael Sam, a seventh-round pick, they usually end up right back on a roster in January when rosters expand, and I have a feeling that's what will happen with Sam if he doesn't get a job in the next couple months. Or he'll be in Canada playing football. And that's what's happening. All right. Now, gentlemen, let's get into what – this might be it. This might be the best Thursday night football game of the season. The, the CBS folk, this was the one they circled, I would think, uh, in terms of high-profile matchup of AFC contenders, I'd say. I don't know about media markets, but the San Diego Chargers heading to Denver to face the Broncos. The Broncos who son- suddenly look like the Broncos of last year on offense, which is a terrifying thought. Peyton Manning had one of his best performances ever when he set the touchdown record on Sunday night. Four days later, Phillip Rivers comes to town. Last time they played in primetime last year, big win for the Chargers. Uh, will they be able to pull off the upset? This time around, Chris Wessling, i start with you. Greg and I spent a portion of the morning discussing where Phillip Rivers and Peyton Manning belong in this top four. Rank. Clearly, it's Manning, Rodgers, Rivers, and Luck as the top four. I think Luck is a solid four, by the way, not quite with those three, but yes. But I guess where I'm going with this is Peyton Manning – has a lot easier matchup this week than Phillip Rivers does. Rivers is going against Ware and Von Miller, who are on pace to meet their 32-sack goal. The Broncos' secondary is playing really well. I think they're second in total defense. And Peyton Manning is going up against a secondary where Brandon Flowers has been one of the best cornerbacks in the league this year, will not play because he's concussed. Jason Verrett. who was it? Brandon Flowers. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you want to make flowers? Ah, there we go. Today. There we go. All right, go ahead. Jason Verrett yes. in the defensive player of the year conversation. He's been incredible. He's been great. Questionable to play with a shoulder injury. And they have, they're have they without a couple of pass rushers, too. Peyton Manning's going to have an easy time of it. Dwight, they've also been without Dwight Freeney for a couple of weeks. He started out the season so well, has totally vanished. And to flip it over to the Chargers side, I mean, Rivers, that offensive line is not playing well. 
the running game should be fine, but he's going up against what's now one of the best defenses in the league and has a cornerback trio that I think is the best cornerback trio in the league because Chris Harris is playing incredible. Bradley Roby was a great pick by John Elway. It was kind of out of left field pick. He's playing terrific. And then Aqib Tlaib is doing his thing. It doesn't set up well for this Philip Rivers MVP narrative that's been going on. It sets up like after this game, people are talking about, oh, I guess it's just Peyton and the Broncos year anyways. Got it. Peyton Manning wins another MVP. That would be insane. Well, there's other people in the mix too this year. DeMarco Murray. I mean, Roger. Who knows? Luck. J.J. Watt. Throw Luck in there. I don't know. So I think that I think we're all picking the Broncos here, but it wouldn't be insane if the Chargers. I mean, we're they're the team of ATL, the team of around the NFL. We love the Chargers this season. There's no reason to think they can't. What's so funny? Our hearts aren't into it. We named no, it the like, team of the ATL. I'm else, into it. We're already sneaking out the back I'll, door and I'll, going down the alley. Oh, well, give that's, me a break. Who who else gets away from pressure better than Philip Rivers? I don't know. Yeah. Our hearts you clearly love, aren't in this. You love the little pocket <laughs> rocket. Brandon Oliver, he's <laughs> jumping around like Frank Gore. That's my comparison. He's basically by the way, for played. Oliver. He's basically played lighter. three games, and he leads all rookies in rushing yards. Right. What do you think of this Frank Gore comparison? I think ten, he reminds me more of Maurice Jones-Drew. Ten pounds. Yeah, I can see that. Ten pounds lighter, but a lot of power and a lot of that hopping. He always finds the hole. He kind of waits, waits, and somehow sees it. That's hard. It'll to be see. interesting to see what happens when Ryan Matthews comes back. What. Uh, what uh, they'll be doing with that backfield because obviously uh, Oliver has proven himself. But we're not gonna we're not gonna pick him. We're not gonna pick the Chargers. Come on, no, no one of us. Come on, no Let's way. Do it. But the Chargers you played guys first. the Broncos better last year than any team. All three games they essentially controlled the pace of play. Even in the playoffs, you know they did a good job playing keep away. And there are more weapons for Rivers to throw to this year. Eddie Royal's playing. Very well, kind of shockingly. Malcolm Floyd has been a big factor. Gates is playing better. They can maybe still do that keep-away strategy if they're good on third downs. To your point, Peyton Manning's career passer rating, 14 points less against John Pagano defenses. Yeah, since Pagano has gotten to San Diego, he is 6-6 six and six against the Chargers, which mm. is kind of shocking to me. That's a shocking stat. Here's, to me, the key to the game, and we saw it on Sunday night against the Niners. When the Broncos jump on a team early and all of a sudden you look up after half a quarter and it's 21-3 to or 14 nothing or something like that, the Chargers are done. If they can keep this thing close through a half and they keep the ball, as we're saying, control the ball, they know how to win this game. They know how to beat this team. We need them not to get the blow- doors blown off in the first quarter. Is it possible with Peyton Manning playing at this level? Easier said than done. I, I just think the Broncos' defense is so much better this year too. All right, guys, here we go. So Chris Wessling. Man, you do such a great job with these lists. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I just get to, these are. You have never read one of these that's lists, called, including this one. That's what's <clears> called Dan buying time as he finds the right what spot he wants to read off. Of. And I'll tell you what, position power rankings is what they're called. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be quite positional anymore, but <laughs> I will tell you this. It is presented by Lenovo. Sponsored. Which sponsored. Uh, the banner reads presented, Greg, so I had it right initially. Uh, great brand. And we know that right off the top. And and you're doing them proud because you're delivering great content. This week, it is 10 players that Chris Wessling believes deserve, mm. deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. Well, balloting started on Sunday, so it's timely. Ooh, company man. If you're filling Vote. out your ballot. NFL.com. To me, I, I enjoy doing this series. But for me, it's never about the actual ranking, which maybe that makes me the worst person to do it. Fans 
like to talk about the numbers where they are, where they're actually ranked. For me, it's always been about the analysis and shedding light on how certain players are playing. So this is a perfect opportunity for me to do that. Ten players who you should at least consider for the Pro Bowl because these guys are more under the radar. They've never been to the Pro Bowl, or they're not like household names. All right. Well, and, except for you know Jason Pierre-Paul. But he's coming or back Jordy from Nelson. Jason Pierre-Paul coming back Spoiler from two alert. seasons where he was no good. <laughs> I didn't know. This Greg just a... so excited. You're like someone when they open, up, they open up a Lenovo product. They can't wait to get into it and <laughs> use it. You can't wait to get into this list. This isn't Breaking Bad or something. It's been on the site. Hundreds of thousands of <laughs> fans of Chris Wesley have already anyway. read it anyway. All right, so here, no, we'll start at number one because, yes, Jordy Nelson is your number one player who deserves a Pro Bowl nod. I'm pretty stunned that he has not been to the Pro Bowl yet. It's wow. an, out, it's an outrage. That's a, a, absurd. That it's is an crazy. Outrage. Gotta go. He's gotta go. This is the year. Where is he, by the way? Because the wide receiver rankings, if you're making – I know you did one earlier this year, Wes, ranking the wide receivers, correct? I, I believe – no, I believe summertime. the summertime Greg and Mark shared one while I was out of town. Okay, great. So, anyway, we all thought Calvin Johnson was far and away uh, – our producer, TD, said that Calvin Johnson was going to have 712 touchdowns this year. Uh, it's not working out. He's 24, hurt. I believe. He's number. hurt for the second straight year. So it kind of opens up the debate a little bit. Who's the best wide receiver? And Jordy Nelson, mm. you can make a case for Jordy Nelson, right? This season. Well, I don't – Calvin Johnson's the best receiver. Right, but he's hurt. But if you're talking about who's played, the best, who's played the best this season, if you want to say Antonio Brown, that's fine. But I'm taking Jordy Nelson as the best receiver in the NFL through seven weeks. Mm. DeAndre Levy, the Detroit Lions linebacker, is number two. Why Levy was? Well, he was robbed last year. He was – he was up there with Thomas Davis and Levante Davis as the best linebacker in the NFL against the pass. And this year he's been awesome against the run. I think he and Sue are the two stars on the number one rated defense in the NFL. Number three, Vontae Davis of the Colts. Cornerback, uh, famously, a famous hard knock scene was where he got traded to the Colts by the Dolphins and he uh, interrupted Jeff Ireland to see if he'd call his mother or grandmother to mm. talk to her. The, this man has grown up. He's a grown boy now, and he's making plays in the second. I feel day. so far removed from the rest of American society because I was in the 9:30 meeting today, and that <laughs> same exact story was brought up about his mother or grandmother uh, or whatever. Mm. And I, it, I, I had no idea. I what like they to were send you guys to the different meetings around the oh, corporate-like things around the NFL offices. They're a lot of fun, I have to say. Well, I think Vontae <laughs> Davis. He's on here because. The Colts are a surprisingly good defense. They've turned up some press, pass pressure, and they, they're not they're getting off the field on third downs. They're not allowing third downs. And the reason why they've been able to send so much pressure is because Vontae Davis and Greg Toller are very good press man corners who you allow them to take two guys away and send the rest at the quarterback. Right. They're going to give up some passes, but you have to give Ryan Grigson a lot of credit now for that Vontae Davis trade. I think it's worked out. And, and for Toller, who is a free agent that no one thought was going to be that big of a deal from Arizona, and that those two guys are kind of the linchpins of their secondary. And I, I will name up. Those are the top three on West's list. Here are the, here's four through ten, and we can just throw out any thoughts we want uh, because that's what we do around here. Greg Olson, Panthers <laughs> tight end at four. JPP of the Giants. Has he not been to a Pro Bowl? He's, ha he's had to be. He has, yeah, but yeah. this is – I, it's not just guys who haven't been to the Pro Bowl. It's, he's coming back from two years where he stunk. No one's really noticed how well he's been playing. Golden Tate, Lions wide receiver, also known as one of Greg's uh, in his stable of boys. Golden Tate's. Wait, that's, that's my, my boy. I like it. That's, he's in, he's I, in I'll claim him now. Boys. We had a scientific debate yeah. on this no, very I, podcast. I admitted that. I lose track of your boy stables. <laughs> uh, 
that sounds wrong. Wesseling had a list padlocked of boy stables. Best free agent. No windows. Bargains. We need to move on from this line of discussion right now. Um, best Help free agent me. bargains list. Back in March, number one on the list, Golden Tate. I mean, he has made, I think, a bigger difference in terms of his team winning and losing games than maybe any receiver in the league. You can throw a couple drops in there, but no one's made more game-changing plays. How about any tight. free agent in the league? Sure. He, he's been one of the best signings. Who knows? I mean, uh, you could say he should be higher on this list. Well, how great he's I didn't been. want to play two receivers back-to-back. Back. Okay, okay. You got to get him. I, he is a Pro Bowl player right now. Kyle Williams, nice to see him there. Mm. Very nice. Player. Number seven on Someone the list. Someone should represent that Buffalo Bills defensive He's the best line. Williams on their defensive line. He's, he certainly gets paid less than the other one. But Mario Williams is a player too, but Kyle is just the guy that is he hit, the unsung hero had, of that line. He's had the most dominant game by a defensive tackle I've seen all year against the Chargers. In the game, the Chargers won, but Williams just toyed with their interior linemen. All right, eight, Harrison Smith of Minnesota. Rolando McClain, a comeback player of the year candidate. Cowboys linebacker at nine. And number 10, uh, the the charismatic punter for the Indianapolis Colts, the electric Pat McAfee. I put him on there just for your sake. Guy's Guy. hilarious. And a great punter. His, well, well, you said the best, by the way, the best uh, defensive line play you've seen. You know, by far, and it's not even close, been watching football like 20 years or so now. Uh, the best onside kick in the history of onside kicks was the one he did on Thursday night football against the Texans. Mm-hmm. He had a kick at 10 yards. He kicked it 10 yards and three inches and then recovered his own kick. It was brilliant. He has three onside kicks this year. I believe at one point he had the only three onside kicks in the NFL. And he's the only punter I've ever seen with a celebration <laughs> every time he makes a good punt. Now, I, I know you've heard <laughs> uh, my theory, Chris, on the beef between Hansis and Pat McAfee. Maybe I'll throw it by TD and, and see if he agrees oh, with my yeah, theory. That Dan, you know, Dan works here. Pat's on uh, NFL AM quite a bit. And what Dan sees in Pat is a guy kind of encroaching on his funny man for the NFL media news group territory, and he doesn't like that. Dan is from New York, and you know how they, you know how they are. Very competitive <laughs> gentlemen. So I think you're right. You're onto something there. Hmm. Just gonna just gonna put it out there. Because let's just let's face it, McAfee's gonna have a podcast someday yeah. here. TD will be producing it. Probably. He'll be ignoring our podcast for it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think Pat McAfee is a great talent in this industry. Untaps, and when he's out as, out of the game as a punter, I would welcome him to the NFL <laughs> right. media umbrella. For the Good. record, I'm Good not player. buying that theory. But thank you, okay. Wes. I think I there's it. I think there's another reason. What? Oh, I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> By the way, I do have to have, have one problem with your list. Okay. Harrison Smith gives up too many plays. Whenever I watch the Vikings play, they're hitting a bomb and Harrison's on Harrison Smith's side of the field because he runs up, gives up too many plays. I've seen that happen once. I've seen it happen a few All times. All right, guys. That's enough. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Moving forward. We will close out today's show with uh, really a conversation that started in written form, as I said, on our website. We did a post uh, – Trades we'd like to see. The trade deadline is on Thursday. Is that tomorrow? It's on next Tuesday. Cool. Good info by me. <laughs> uh, next Tuesday is October 28th is the trade deadline. Uh, so we each of us for around the NFL threw out a trade we'd like to see. Not necessarily, and I very rarely uh, dip into the comments section to see what's going on over there because it's usually uh, a human sewer scenario. But <laughs> I will say this, that uh, people who are upset about some of these trades – 
uh, just really upset. They didn't. I haven't checked the comments, but then you didn't get it. You know, relax. That's, and that's the thing. It's 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 something. It's just stuff we'd like to see. Maybe not realistic, but fun stuff. So let's maybe uh, play a new game. Mm. And I will give Chris Wessling props. We we were brainstorming downstairs. Oh, we got it's a fun way to get into this uh, game type thing. People like games. And Wes, <laughs> you came up with what? People like games. Well, it's a trade scenario, so it's which team says no? Who says no? Who says no? Wes, we, we, I was thinking if we can get uh, TD. I was thinking if we can get uh, some women singers, 1950s like type the Chantels. Chantels. If we could actually get the Chantels, that'd be good if they're alive. Third. <laughs> And we could go, who says no? Something like that. No, I was Do thinking I... more, uh, it was one of my news drops months ago, and it's yeah. from the Planet of the Apes movie. When Caesar first talks in the first movie, Where he says no. Freaking yeah. sci-fi. It's pretty epic. Cool. We but definitely didn't like that, that one. Yeah. No. Yeah. It will go, who says no? Uh, I like that. Sorry it's not Caesar from the Planet of the Apes 6. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. Planet of the Apes. You're going to need a bigger planet. All right, I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Uh, so to make the who says no, it's not just throwing out a trade. An actual trade, the, the parameters of the trade have to be out there. So I will start with Johnny Manziel, Cleveland Browns quarterback. You know, we got an extension coming to Brian Hoyer potentially if he doesn't lose to the Raiders this week. And uh, they're going to want to do that and make it nice and clean. they got to get rid of the first-round pick now. The Browns, known to make uh, decisions on a, on a whim, they're going to send, they're going to offer, or the Jets call up the Browns. And they say, ooh, we got, a, we got Percy Harvin now. We're excited about it. we got Eric Decker. we got Chris Ivory in the backfield. we got some pieces now. Now we just need a quarterback to tie it all together. Geno Smith can be a backup. Let's try to get Johnny Manziel from the Browns. And we'll give the Cleveland Browns a number uh, second round pick in the 2015 draft. And if that's not sweet enough, I'll throw it out. I'll say 2016 draft, a conditional second rounder that becomes a first rounder if Manziel plays 85% of the Jets snaps next season. Who says no? Well, yeah, this conversation never happens. The Jets aren't giving up a second round pick. For a guy who couldn't beat out Brian Hoyer in August. Well, that's not exactly what the situation was, though. It's exactly what the situation was. It wasn't purely uh, on play with that. It was always a situation where the Browns were trying to establish that they were in control of the situation. No, 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 no. Oh, for sure. Brian Hoyer left that door wide open, and they were waffling for a little while on who was going to be. Manziel had a clear opportunity to take it, and Hoyer played terribly in August. He's played better during the season. But Manziel, I mean, it's easy to forget that in August, everybody was trashing how poorly he played. But then you're essentially saying that Johnny Manziel is shot as a prospect in the NFL based on I'm saying his trade value is shot until he shows something. Mm. I think the Browns say no, because this is a pick, I think, that probably came from on high in their organization, or at least it was an organizational pick. The city's excited about him. He's a first-round pick. No one thought he was going to be a pro bowler right out the gates, and I think they're far from wanting to give up. So even if John Idzik, you know, woke up out of his slumber and returned the returned a call within a few days, uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, they, they wouldn't want to do that. What makes us think that Manziel is going to have a better career than Geno Smith? 
Well, it's a, it's a hunch. That's, that's you're that's, asking us. I'm saying yeah. the Browns think that. I don't think they've given up on Johnny. No, Mason. I'm just asking Dan. Well, I, that's the thing. It's a huge. It would be a huge gamble by the Jets, and it would be <laughs> potentially asking for outright disaster to bring Manziel to New York City uh, or close to New York City, and and that could blow up in their face. And as I fear with all Jets moves that they'll eventually go wrong, this would just be another in the long line. But it's just fun. And Jets need a quarterback, though. Do not get sucked into Geno Smith playing well in New England on Thursday. He's way too inconsistent. We've seen what we've seen. He's going to be good sometimes and awful sometimes. You've got to find someone better and more consistent than Geno Smith. And save your tweets. We don't really think Johnny Manziel could get to the Jets. I'm actually going to give Chris Wesseling my the password to my <laughs> Twitter account and the ACLs just to block everyone that does I'm that. I'm staying in on, on Friday and Saturday night because that's more fun <laughs> than I could possibly have elsewhere. All right. Who says no? Uh, Wes, you're up. <laughs> when we play this game, we have to remember that general managers value draft picks like Scrooge McDuck values his vault. Mm. So, Scrooge right. McDuck analogy. In the offseason, they do. And then played. on like draft day, they'll just trade things around. <laughs> they don't really care anymore. They're like, All right, here's two-thirds and a fourth for whoever. Darren Sproles goes for a special teamer. Right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, all right, so – Larry Fitzgerald has basically been banished from the Cardinals' offense. Bruce Arians hates him. Car- Carson Palmer ignores him. <laughs> He's the best receiver of his generation. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So since they have Michael Floyd, Andre Ellington, John Brown, and Fitzgerald's due 24 million salary cap number next offseason, Cardinals might be losing him anyway. He solves the Patriots' outside receiver problem, move him back to the X receiver, which he used to play in Arizona. They kind of moved him to the slot. (laughs) Patriots give up a sixth-round pick and a conditional third-rounder that goes to a second-rounder if the Patriots win the AFC East. (laughs) Wow. Who says no? I'd say the Cardinals say no. Just because they don't want to face the fallout. The Patriots sign sign them up. Sounds great. Wait, second round pick? What did the Patriots have to take on? Whatever. They'll just take Razai Dowling or something with that pick. And that option next year? No, they can just cut him. Well, they. Mm. I don't think they'll just restructure. Yeah, I don't think you do yeah. it for a rental. The Patriots have uh, more room. They can be flexible, move some cap money around. I think if you do it, you do it with the idea that Fitzgerald's going to be there for three years. Why don't they just wait wait out this season, the Patriots, wait till the Cardinals cut them and then just sign them? How many because more? Tom Brady's another year older, another year closer to exactly. the end. You got to value win. each season now. But you're going to, if you trade for Fitzgerald, this is why I think the Patriots say no. They'd be giving up draft picks, and, and, and I think that trying to get him up to speed in the middle of the season, it might not be something where they could jive immediately. I'd rather just wait and get him and make one last push for both guys next year. Well, you're not sure that the Cardinals are going to cut him. The Cardinals could restructure. It seems like it's heading in that direction, though, doesn't it? I, I don't know. They love him there. I like this move. I like just sending more superstars, especially <laughs> in offense, to the Patriots. And what are the Patriots going to do You know, with their second-round picks anyways? Draft Aaron Dobson or Razai Dowling or Bethel Johnson or something? Just go get, go get a veteran. Chad Jackson. <laughs> All right, your turn, Greg. Uh this is the whole trade is laid out in our uh, article, as you mentioned, six trades we'd love to see. I think it has a vanity URL. Did you mention that one? No, I didn't. I did not edit it. 
I wish I knew it off the top of my head. We'll get back to that. Oh. <laughs> That's a bad job. People don't even know what a vanity URL is. And then on top of it, you don't even know what it is. Come on, boss. Jay Cutler coming off a disappointing performance. Chicago fans are annoyed. Mark Tressman not feeling good about that contract that his front office gave Cutler in the offseason. They say, whoops, we're sorry. They send him to Tampa for Josh McCown, who's already done great in Mark Tressman's system, and they'll throw in Mike Glennon so that they can have a nice young arm to develop in Chicago. The sh- Chicago gets out of Jay Cutler's big contract. Tampa's got all sorts of cap room. Cutler would be the best quarterback they've had since maybe Doug Williams, even if he's only average. Who says no? This is a people. <laughs> people have accused you of being crazy for this. I think you might be a mastermind. Yeah, th- I like wow. it. I think Tressman, if I remember correctly, met with Mike Glennon before the draft two years ago. Mm. I think Tressman is a big Mike Glennon fan. We know he likes Josh McCown. He had him last year. Josh McCown's numbers were better <sighs> than Cutler last year. Much Se- better. $17 million pretty much a year, guaranteed. So t- Tampa needs to spend that money somewhere. He's got all that cap room. You know what this reminds me of? The old famous, and if you haven't seen it before, find it on YouTube, when um, the girl from Melrose Place was on <laughs> Conan O'Brien and uh, Norm MacDonald was sitting there and she was doing a Carrot Top movie, uh, chairman of the board, and Norm kept on interrupting her while Conan was trying to be nice and, and was just embarrassing her about, you quit Melrose Place to do a movie with Carrot Top? <laughs> and then at one point he, he, he steps in and interjects. He goes, uh, you know what they should call the movie? Uh, box office poison. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl, I wish I remember her name. She was just like mortified. Well, uh, Jay Cutler is Lombardi Trophy poison. Wow. Everybody knows by okay. now that everybody knows the football world has to know the Bears got sucked in. Why would why would the Bucks? Why would, it is a box great office cup. poison. Why would the Bucks want to take on Jay Cutler and, and they become the team that has to deal with waiting forever for that promise to happen? It's just not going to happen. I love this answer because 98% of the people who read this article probably thought the Bears would say no. Right. Everyone said that this was crazy, mm. that the Bears would never trade Cutler away. Here's why. Because I went back through the archives, looked for the leading passer of the Buccaneers franchise in their history each year. Who are the Buccaneers quarterbacks ever that have been better than Jay Cutler? Brad Johnson for a year? Josh Freeman, give me a break. Mm. That's it. That's the list. It's maybe – it's probably back to Doug Williams. He had a pretty good run in the they, – they weren't winning games, but he was he playing He was well. terrible. He was okay. <laughs> he was okay. The football world has to be catching up with what the fans have already had by now, though, that Cutler is not going to win you a Super Bowl. Ooh, you He's throw not the it guy. deep to Vincent Jackson and Evans, and maybe it works. Do you want to? You want me to let you inside the mind of a Bears fan? Yeah. So my buddy AJ lives on Tybee. If you go to Tybee, uh, we have a lot of listeners have told me they've been to Huckapoo since we've talked about it. <laughs> go to Sunday Cafe for lunch. AJ is the owner and head chef. <laughs> Huge Bears fan. Here's what he texted me this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Tressman is losing the locker room. Don't think he's an NFL head coach. I know it doesn't help that you have a QB, but he chose him. It's about to get ugly. We're through for six years. <laughs> mm. That's a, And that's similar to what Kevin Patro, Chicago correspondent, has said, that Cutler just, just really draws just the – the madness out of people. They, he's frustrated by them. Have faith in Tressman. By the way, Courtney Thorne-Smith is the Melrose Place actress. 
Oh yeah. Oh, that, that got normed on Conan O'Brien. I liked her in Summer School. Oh yeah, very underrated movie that Foxy. no one's heard of that listens to the podcast too. <laughs> uh, here's the vanity u- the URL: NFL.com/slash Dream Trade Scenarios. Dial that one up. Wow. I didn't come up with that. That is catchy. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> it's going right. to be mentioned on NFL Total Access. Oh, Wednesday good. night. Internet Fox, ratings will we, be, will we be name dropped? Well, they'll say around the league, around the NFL. Because hopefully. one time uh, a tweet that I had that got read loud, loud on the air was not used because they couldn't pronounce my last name. I've been working here almost five years. Well, you got to step up your profile. <laughs> <laughs> Do better work. Be like uh, Vernon Davis and get concentrate on your brand. I know. Okay. All right. That's it for today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back tomorrow night where we will recap the Thursday night football matchup we talked about. And then we will go into Sunday's games and uh, preview every game on Sunday as we do every week. Uh, so get ready for that. Thanks for listening. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the boss, and the great TD behind the glass. Until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.